Kickstart Motorcycle Podcast with your hosts Colin and Simon. Welcome to uh, Kickstart Motorcycle Podcast. We're on episode three, which is um, quite a landmark because, you know, we weren't sure if we'd get here. How are you doing, Mozart? I'm very well yourself, Colin. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, pretty good. Um, it's late. Everybody's sleeping and it's just me and you, man. Oh, I feel kind of special. <laughs> um. So episode three, we left off on episode two. We talked about uh, what bike to get um, after you've done your CBT. Um, and now we're talking about the gear. Um, I'll let you carry on there, Mozart. Tell, tell, tell us what we're going to do. So, I mean, sorry, the first thing I think that's important is the fact that obviously most of this gear is motorcycle gear. It's about protection. Um, so things that are things and legality side of things um so almost everything you buy whether it be jackets helmets boots well less so boots but not even boots for the specialist stuff um is going to have some sort of rating on it um usually by the uh, i think it's eu but i think as the uk we have grandfathered in most of the uh, the old rules um mm -hmm. So first up, I think, is helmets, um, probably the most important piece of gear you're ever going to get. Um, yeah. And they work, so currently it's ECE2205 is the um, the current helmet standard for the UK. Um, and then, and that is, means that, you know, you're safe to ride on the roads. Uh, it's obviously has been tested to various, um, we could go into, you know, all the little details and ways have been tested but it's it's not really relevant as long as it hits the ec2205 you're safe um and it's very very unlikely that actually you'll be able to buy a helmet in the uk that doesn't hit that rating yeah the only time you'll find something that doesn't hit that rating is if it's a used helmet which you shouldn't be using anyway um i guess a little side note that we didn't mention um and we didn't even talk about is with helmets um that there was a, a thing back in the day that when you buy a helmet that um it kind of has an expiry date and this was mainly due to the um, construction methods where the inner um, compressed, is it foam? It's not compressed foam, is it? It's like it's a, yeah, part, expanded, but polystyrene, isn't it? Polystyrene, that's it, yeah. Um, so that breaks down over time. Um, the glue breaks down. It means it's less resilient. Um, so, so they used to say that there's a basically expiry date, which there is. But I think some helmet companies these days say that their expiry date is after 10 years. It used to be like three to five years. Um, but this is why you should never see uh, a, a motorbike helmet being used that has a really old rating on it because it would have expired. It's not as safe as it once was. Um, and then, so you said that the ECE 2205 is the most recent one, but actually it gets updated quite regularly. And the next one's, I think you wrote Jan 24 is when it's updated next. Yeah, so, so we'll start January seeing new numbers. Year. Correct. Yeah. It was going to go up to uh, ECE 2206. Um, so as of January next year, everything will have to be, you know, they won't be able to sell the old ones. So if you're looking now, I imagine most of the ones that are being sold now will probably 
my world started selling under ECE 2206. It's it's, high, it's now being tested to a higher standard. Um, but as I say, if you especially as of next year, be careful. You want to buy the, the you know don't be getting knocked off with an old quality helmet when you can get the newer ones. There's nothing wrong with the old one. If you've got the newer ones available, buy the new ones. Yeah. Um, and I guess we won't go into it too deep um, because I think we'll probably save it for another episode and really diving into what the EU testing does and everything. Um, but just be aware that, you know, they do test it. If it's tested, it's as safe as, you know, it's going to get. Some levels are different from others, um, but the basic standards are met. Um, and then you'll sometimes see an orange sticker, orange gold sticker that says British Motorcycle Sport sticker. That means it's it's uh, it's accepted for track use and not all helmets have that. But if you want to ride on track, uh, look for a helmet that has that sticker also. Um, and then we move on from helmets. Well, while we're talking about helmets, no, we'll go on to helmets later, shall we? So what's the next ratings? We're looking at for clothing i guess isn't it yeah so then you get your different these ones are um rated alphabetically um and it's between c uh, up to aaa so aaa is the highest quality um c is the lowest to be honest i think you struggle to find i've never seen anything that's c i've never seen anything that's b um i've never seen anything in the uk that wasn't a um Mm -hmm. if it's got a label now, yes, it's where you've got to be careful because if it's sold as motorcycle gear and they started cracking down on this it has labeled if it's sold as motorcycle gear if it doesn't have a label don't bother um yeah walk away yeah and to be honest you know you don't really want to get anything like below a anyway you, you want to be looking for aaa really but yeah you know, totally the situations vary so so the cheaper items you'll find will probably be a and that's when you're buying the cheaper textile like jean type trousers they'll a lot of the cheaper ones will be a rated um and then a is like we've got this graphic up but we've taken from the ride to website and that, that's basically saying that a is suitable for like urban riding short commutes aa is suitable for touring and commuting which basically in my head and i've been just the way i remember it, is that is aa is good for for being on motorways all right so if you if you're traveling a lot on motorways look for aa if you're not you're just riding around town a is totally fine it's all about the abrasion resistance meaning once you come off when you're sliding how long it takes for that textile or leather to tear up and then the triple a rating is good for track use and that's when you're going to be you know going as fast as you possibly can and that's when your your abrasion levels needs to be as high as possible um because yeah, technically you're not supposed to speed yeah yeah exactly. high speed so longest slides so look for a or aa um when you're looking at your your your, your jackets or trousers whatever and then inside the jackets and trousers well actually it's, no we'll pass on that we're going to talk about safety but we'll do that another day i guess because it will get too much when it um all we need yeah, to know I mean, is they yeah. they are tested <laughs> yeah and then you have different armor levels right Correct. So armor levels, um, again, these, it goes, these are, again, levels one and two. Two is better than one. Um, and this is for armor inserts. So things like your elbows, your knees, your back pads, all of mm -hmm. these. Um, so armor level one is the minimum. Armor level two is, is the best. Um, yeah. Often you will find that jackets, in order to, to save money, they might have a really good jacket, but with the cheaper inserts, 
Uh, usually, mm-hmm. it's not very hard to, to buy the better inserts. Obviously, it's something to, to budget for, but it does mean you can you know spread the cost a little bit and buy those extra bits at a later date. Yeah, so you're probably spending like an extra 15 to 30 pounds on some of these inserts, yeah. and then back protectors can be more. Often, they cheap out on the back protectors. Um, so get a good back protector. I mean, I, I think just getting level two is worth it. Yeah. Um, okay. So yes, I mean, there are safety ratings. They're there and tested to the benefit us. Um, it's not like this in every country. I, I know in America, it's slightly different. Um, they have what's called the dot, um, rating for helmets, which is the t- department of transportation. That's what it stands for. Um, so you may find in America that the, you don't have always have the ECE uh, numbers on there. Um, they also use Snell, um, but if it's being sold in the EU and it's being sold in America, it will often have the testings for the EU standards as well. So America is almost taking on the EU standards now just because it makes sense for the manufacturers and the distributors to be selling the same thing at the same ratings. Um, so it's useful to know this wherever you live, I guess. Yeah. Features, so I guess. ECE... Sorry, just one more. The E ratings, those are the legal requirements. So DOT is uh, the American one, but then the UK has a, has a, their own, our Department of Transport equivalent have set up a, um, a unit called SHARP, and they have a one to five rating, um, five yeah. being the best. Um, so any of these ratings, obviously, you know, you definitely have to have an ECE, but, you know, if you can get one that's a SHARP five as well, well worth it, do that. Nice one. Uh, right. So then when we're buying gear or when you're looking at it for your first piece of gear, so this is basically why we're talking about this. We want you as your, as a new rider to understand what is important, um, what you're looking for, um, and what fits in your budget. So, I mean, that's why we started off with the safety. That's, that should be knowledge that you can just retain at all times and be aware of. Um, and now all the other bit comes into play. So like, it depends on what features you want. Um, now each jacket each pair of trousers each you know pair of boots they all have different features whether it's protection from slides and impacts or or whatever got anything else to say there Mozart? well the let's say you you, yeah you you look for protection wise when you you know the get when you're looking at features there's different things you're looking at obviously so protection is only one element um but there are two elements to protection one is impact and one is slide so you might have something that's great for sliding but not take very good impacts or vice versa um Mm. obviously that's not the only thing that you're looking for in your gear you're also looking for you know it depends what you're doing that you know weather protection might come into play well it will we live in the uk you know if you're going to be riding you want something that's going to keep you warm and dry um, so again, that's something else to, to, to account for when you're buying your gear, you've got to take it into consideration that we don't live in Southern California where it's going to be long balmy days. Um, so, you know, weather protection is important. Um, but also it depends, you know, what you're doing with your motorcycle. You know, if you're going to be, you're riding a, uh, you know, a, a fully fed sports bike, you're not going to be looking at the same sort of gear as someone who's riding an adventure bike for example, or an off-road motorcycle. You know, so again, what your your style or the function of your bike plays, it, you know, or what bike you have is also going to be you know, quite a deciding factor in, in the gear that you're you're looking at while you're buying. Yeah, strangely it does. It doesn't always make sense um, from an outsider's point of view that it should matter what you're wearing sat on a Harley. Um, but 
it does feel different. You're not going to be sat on a Harley wearing a full-on um, adventurer textile gear that's all colorful and bright with block colors and, and primary accents. You're just not going to do that. So that is going to be uh, a consideration for anybody buying the first gear. It depends, you know, style. Talk about weather and climate. Most jackets these days and most manufacturers cater for this where you have removable liners so they can make it like a three or four season jacket so you can just take off some liners on the inside they just come off and zips so when you're looking at a jacket you can buy a jacket will do you for all four seasons and you don't always necessarily have to spend that much more money because everybody's competing in the same market now so you'll find jackets that you know have three or four layers usually three layers you've got a jacket haven't you that actually the inner jacket you can wear as a like a jacket that you can yeah. go out in it's it's, it's not like because sometimes they're they're obviously inner jackets where you've got all the sewing strips and all the, the i don't know the buttons and the zips but yours just looks like a normal jacket inside a jacket with weather protection jackets you get two styles so you get the ones that have a um a properly waterproof liner okay and that's going to keep you inside dry yeah. You know, you're going to stay yeah. dry, but you are going to sweat because it's not breathable and your outer jacket yeah. is going to get really, really, really heavy. Yeah. Um, or you get the ones that are, like, they have a waterproof protection on the top. So water mm -hmm. slides off more. It doesn't get into the in to begin with, but they need, they cost more and they need maintenance. So you need to, every year you mm -hmm. need to respray them or whatever it is. But yeah, the benefit of having um, a removable liner that doesn't make you look like a dork is, is quite, beneficial especially if you're touring and you can only carry so much um yeah something you can take off and not have to wear around as a motorcycle jacket it's quite useful totally totally yeah i mean you you can buy just one good jacket and it'll do every everything you need it to do mm. so that's something to consider they've got the features but um, why do we need these i think there is a slight caveat because i don't believe hundred percent that you can in motorcycling you can get things that'll do everything because oh god no you can buy a nice no, but jacket it... <laughs> but you, you can't take it to a race trip you can't go to a track day with that no exactly you know? hundred percent but i guess the reason i'm saying is to put some people at ease where like you don't have to be going and buying two or three jackets for different seasons you can no, do no, one no, jacket no. it can last you most of the time yeah. and as yeah. we were talking about this in my head i was counting and i i realized i have six motorcycle jackets right I don't need six <laughs> motorcycle jackets, but like the one I wore today is a, is a summer one. It's just a mesh jacket with armor, but it's mesh, um, which I don't get to use very often, but it is actually quite useful on a nice hot day when I'm just going to go up to the shop real quick. Um, but it's not suitable for every day of the week. No way. I guess when we're buying safety gear and when you're starting motorcycling, everybody tells you it's dangerous and you know it's dangerous. So that's why, you know, the, the law stipulates that you have to be wearing a helmet because, you know, it's, it's, there's a risk involved. So the gear that you wear, is it suitable footwear? Is that what they say? I think they say suitable footwear. So they don't say what that is, but they will do yeah. if you're wearing I mean, that's pretty vague. And it's also, you're not supposed yeah. to be driving a car with flip-flops. You're not even supposed to be driving a car with wellies. Yeah. And because, you know, that's not suitable footwear. So I guess it's similar on motorbikes. It's a bit subjective to whoever looks at your feet when you're riding, I guess. But the main, okay, so there's two reasons you're going to wear safety gear, right? One of them is for, for a big crash where it's going to help you um, with impact. 
like your, your shoulder protection, your your back protection, that's going to help with impact. But the 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 material itself, whether it's a textile or whether it's a leather, is there for its abrasive quality. So that's when you slide off your motorbike, whether it's a crash or you just slid off and you're sliding across the road and you may get the dreaded road rash, which is way worse than it sounds. Um, and it's the one thing that you really want to be in mind of when you're buying gear and you're thinking whether you should wear gear or not, because it's the, the, the ratings on the A and the AA is all about abrasiveness. And that's to help you reduce the risk of road rash and road rash is basically you'll come off your bike, you're sliding along and it's just going to tear your skin off, whether it's the heat where your clothes are dragging along and then the heat transfers from the road through the jacket to your skin. Um, or whether it just goes through the jacket itself or the trousers and your your skin starts dragging across and both are dangerous um yeah don't mess around like road rash you'll make your bed ridden for bumps yeah ter- i mean but i mean you say that it won't because you won't be able to lie down <laughs> yeah you know, no it, it literally no. i mean it, it it will it will tear your skin off down to the bones in seconds so if you're doing mm-hmm. 30 miles an hour and you put your hands down without gloves on, this this fat bit here turns over okay, on your thumb. That turns over and just goes. And so the pad of you know, your hands got horror stories. Yep. Yeah, like and you remember when you, you fell off your bike and you scuffed your knee? Right. Well now imagine mm-hmm. scuffing your knee from 30 miles an hour down to zero for 10 seconds. Yeah. Like this yeah. video, it will absolutely ruin you. And I really don't want to pl- downplay the fact that, you know, impacts with as well. Broken bones are no fun. You know, that's also really, really, really serious. But mm-hmm. the idea of, you know, when, if you go into the hospital, having had a crash, the doctor's going to be there with, you know, a wire brush to clean bits of the road out of your body. You know, they're going to brush bits of, bits of road out of your mashed up skin. So oh, the idea of that wire brush you know, in the cut, just pulling yeah. out the stones, it was horrible. Yeah, you know, so don't don't mess around. Honestly, wear appropriate gear for what you're doing. I mean, honestly, even if you're just going down to shops, like put some, put get some decent, some proper trousers, a jacket, helmet, gloves, minimum. Boots. Yeah, you know, like it's it, just crazy to do it without. And it's not just about your bare skin scraping on the road. It is down to how long your body is being uh, i don't know sliding down the road so those ratings if you're wearing an a rating jacket but you're going motorway speeds that means you're going to be sliding on the ground for longer now that jacket either will wear through or like i said the heat will transfer so much that your skin will start burning inside because of the heat transfer Mm -hmm. so if you are going to be wearing buying an a rated jacket be considerate that it's going to do some help, but it's also going to cause other problems if you do slide out. And it's not just about it wearing through. It's about that heat transfer. That's why leather is still a popular choice because the leather doesn't transfer heat as badly as, as textiles. Textiles still wins hands down for me. I, I pretty much always buy textiles, but there is that benefit well, of leather. There's, we'll come to it in a bit, but there's the leather and there's some different qualities to leather and textile that make them totally. good for different things. We'll come, come to that in a bit. Um, so, I mean, it always also comes down to budget, right? <laughs> I 
I mean, if we start in motorcycles for the first time. For me, this is a huge factor in motorcycling, particularly in motorcycling gear and particularly at the beginning, right? Budget is going to play a massive role and you are, it's going to be a lot of prioritise and compromise because let's face it, you just spent many hundreds to up to thousands of pounds to get your license. You've then spent thousands of pounds to buy a motorcycle. You now have to spend some more money to buy some gear and inevitably this is where you're going to, it's going to be, you're not going to have as much money to, as you want to get what you want. Um, so you do, you, you compromise between, you know, the different aspects of what you're doing, what bike you're getting, what are you going to use it for at most, you know, what, how much can you afford? Um, cause it's only, you know, celebrities and YouTube people and motorcycle journalists who've got, you know, a helmet for every occasion for every different style of bike they're riding. They've got different jackets and, you know, multiple race suits. For most of us, that's just not a thing. So you're going to end up, you've got to prioritize, you know, and, and to compromise within your budget. And that's going to be personal down to you. Yeah. I mean, I guess in like anything in life, for most of us, budget really uh, leads us in, in what we're looking at. It kind of directs us to, to what brands we're looking at, what, what we, like you said, prioritize. So in talking about prioritization, I'll probably jump ahead a little bit here, but just for an example, I wrote this earlier about, say, for example, someone's riding a, a 50cc scooter, right? And it's mainly urban riding, they're commuting. Now, their budget is going to be led by what they prioritize as the most important purchase, which would be, first of all, the helmet. Any any type of riding, it's going to be the helmet. But from then on downwards, it's like, it's what do you prioritize? Now, I think me and you don't necessarily differ but it's like head to toe usually isn't it you you start with your head always going to get a helmet and then your budget then can be kind of configured to, to what you think is priority like hands are really important if you're going 30 miles an hour are hands still as important i don't know but that's where you can start prioritizing whether your hands are as important as a jacket or your jacket's more important than your shoes and stuff um god this sounds horrendous you might, yeah, let me pro do I like my hands more than I like my knees? That sounds horrendous. If I'm, going th if I'm going 30 miles an hour, um, say on, on your 50cc, it, it, for me, it's helmet, jacket, gloves. I'm, I'm not too worried about my shoes and I'm not too worried about my, my, my jeans at that point because I'll probably have a pair of DMs or something and I'll have a pair of jeans that I can put on. Helmet. Gloves, footwear. Really? Footwear is that close for you? But at 30 mile an hour, I'll take that bit of road burn over a broken ankle. Yeah. And I've just said road burn's horrible. Road burn's horrible, but you could probably still go down the pub with road burn. Okay. Okay. But this is coming from the man who rides in, um, you're, this is coming from the man who rides in work boots. Yeah. But I mean, my, my work boots are not insignificant. But what I'm saying is uh, it's better than a pair of trainers. There's some oh, totally better than a pair of trainers. Yeah. That's okay. So saying. I'm not advising okay, wearing so a pair of trainers. I think that is more important than a jacket. I'm not saying you have to go and spend 150 quid on a pair of motorcycle boots, but I would spend 40, 50 quid on a decent pair of boots before. Okay. I Agreed there. I guess in my head, a lot of the time I'm assuming that people have got a pair of work boots or a pair of DMs or something like that. People got rugged boots these days, even, yeah, if, exactly. even if you've got some walking shoes. DMs are DMs are doing nothing. They've got like they're about like eight point eight of a mil thick. <laughs> Your ankle's gonna go 
crack. Right. True, true. I mean, ankle-wise, they haven't got much protection, but sole is better than a um than a pair of trainers. Yeah. So yeah, you're going to prioritize down to budget. I guess when we're talking about budget as well, it is sometimes cheaper um, to buy uh, like non-bike specific stuff. But this is only important. This is only real possible when you're talking about a few things, like whether you're talking about thermals underneath or whether you're talking yeah. about um, waterproofs, because you can just put a pair of waterproof layers over whatever you've got. It doesn't have to be motorbike specific. And that's where you can save a bit of money if you want to. Screw fixes your friend, you know, thermals and waterproofs. You can get mm. like, you know, because yeah, absolutely, you start buying the budgets, the branded stuff. You're paying loads and loads and loads of money for something that's probably coming out of the same factory and is doing very, very, very similar job. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, some of them do have features that are quite specific to motorcycle mm -hmm. motorcycles, which I've, are quite useful. I've got a pair of Sparta thermals that have got like a plastic coating on the front, so they're a bit more windproof. Yeah. But before I had them, um, just an old pair of thermals. I guess we keep saying thermals, but you will need thermals. <laughs> um, you live in the UK. It, it, you live in the UK and it does get fucking cold. It might even look like it's 15 degrees out there and it's lovely and it's warm and you're walking around. But as soon as you're on that motorbike, the wind chill is going to make you cold. You're yeah. going to want thermals regardless. Absolutely. I mean, it's only on the hottest days of 25 to 30 degrees where you even consider on a long ride, especially that I'm not going to wear yeah. thermals. Most of the time, even if it's hot, you're going to wear thermals, even if that's your only other layer. Maybe not in your trousers, but definitely no, your top. I think, it's, well, I think it depends what you ride as well. If you look you know, your legs mm. forward, then you definitely want trousers because you'll just go straight up your legs. Um, but I think true, you know, true. I remember glove liners as well. So, you know, you get yeah. silken glove liners that go inside your main gloves. And again, you can buy them on Amazon for you know, a tenner, or you can go to a motorcycle store and spend lots more. Agree. Yeah, so they can be cheap. They don't have to be bike specific. You know what I haven't said here that I don't know why because it's, 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 it's something I feel quite strongly about that people ignore. When you're buying gear, make sure you buy some ear protection as well. When you're out there buying oh, your, um, yeah. when you're buying your jacket and you're buying all that stuff, just get even if you get the cheap yellow fucking foam ones, have something to put in your ears because it's going to make your riding more pleasurable. And it's going to be better for your ears and your future riding because the turbulence noise inside a helmet doesn't matter what screen you've got, what wind protection's there. You're going to have a quite deafening rumble in your ears when you go above, say, 50, 60 miles an hour. And it's dangerous. And some people might already have bad hearing or, or hearing that's deteriorating. But if you don't, and if you ride for a long time without ear protection, you're going to have problems with your hearing. So, um, yeah, I would add that to the I, list I, of things you should pick up. Absolutely agree. And this brings us into sort of helmets generally quite nicely. But yeah, it's really important. You you will lose your hearing and you don't realise it. You know, it's just this rumbling sound. No, it's really, really loud. Putting your headphones in and, you know, turning the volume up so you can hear it, that's not helping. That's not saving your ears. You just turn, you're just hiding the symptoms. Um, yeah. Yeah, wind noise in a helmet is really important. Get some cheap and cheerful earplugs, anything that's just going to, you know, take that edge off. Um, and also, even if your bike ain't that loud, I've been out of people, there's plenty of people who have got no baffle in their exhaust, right? You can have someone riding in front of you and there's not a chance you could hear your own bike over theirs. You know, when they go with no baffles in, they are seriously, seriously loud. So it doesn't really matter what you're doing. These people will damage your ears with their bikes. 
So yeah, 100% cheap. Again, Amazon, you get a pack of like five, um, five sets of uh, earplugs for a mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's nothing. Buy them. Yeah, start off with things like that. Import. I mean, and I, I, these days I now have motorbike specific ones, mainly because I like spending money. I'm shit at not spending money. <laughs> I always find an excuse to buy something. Um, but they are more comfortable in my ear. They come in a little pouch that I have on my key ring for my motorbike. So there's like I always remember them because they're there right in front of me. When I put my key in my motorbike, I see the fact that my my ear protection's right there. And it reminds me that I have put them in or I haven't put them in. So I, I think that's a good visual cue because it's the one thing I do worry about is going deaf on a motorbike. And it's not fun. It can ruin a ride if I don't have ear protection. I find that quite amusing that of all, you know, the mums out there who are worried about their children on motorcycles and the one thing that you worry about is not the road rash, it's not the brake, <laughs> not the broken bones, might go deaf, might go deaf. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, I'd hate to go deaf, man. Um, right. Um, but yeah, you're right. It led us into helmets. Um, and helmets is is the only legal requirement. And they then, like you said, uh, they advise um, of of appropriate footwear um but helmet is technically the only legal uh requirement as such and it can be quite tricky to understand how to buy a helmet and what to look for and some of the features so helmets come in all different shapes and sizes to suit all our heads whether it's from a small p head like mine to a massive head like yours and then each manufacturer has different kind of shapes as well some suit more people with round heads some people suit people more with oval faces i don't know which manufacturers do what but i know a manufacturer that suits me and hjc suits my head for some reason i, you, I don't know it's quite it's quite common if you google it you know they, it's quite common on the internet that people know you know it's like they say um jvc might make them better for oval heads and stuff it's all you know um it's quite commonly known within the motorcycle community yeah so you find out what type of head you've got and you'll find out which helmets would suit you and then it comes down to size and you size it like you would size a hat where you measure your circumference of your head around your forehead to the back of your your head mine's around 56 which is usually a small what's yours so i think i'm about 57 and a half got massive brain going on um but (laughs) But that gives you puts you in like a medium i guess doesn't it well, it's the funny thing, right? So different manufacturers have, so although the size, they've all got their own sizes. So some will do, you know, extra small, small, medium, large, extra large. Some, but also not only is it the size of your head that you get, it's the size of the shell. So mm-hmm. in some manufacturers, they will do four shell sizes, right? And yep. some will do three. So although you say you've got a pea head, it's quite good because you, your little pea head means you always get a small shell. So you don't look mm-hmm. like you've got a massive dome on your head when you're cycling around like this. Um, yeah. Whereas, so again, different manufacturers. So some of them only do three, which can be really annoying if you're, you know, if you're just into the large. So you've now got the same shell as the extra large, or you're just into the medium from a small. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whereas yeah. in a different manufacturer, but again, it's something to bear in mind that diff- go to a shop and try a load of different helmets on. You know, try because they're different. Hands sizes, down, you know? that's what you need yeah. to do. 
yeah, don't buy one on, online for your first helmet. Well, actually, you, know, you can buy it online, but go to a fucking shop and then try some on try because on you're going to need yeah. to understand what your sizing is like. I mean, you may have funny ears that stick out and mm. bend in weird angles. Like you may have this, I don't know, Neanderthal brow yeah. that pushes into to certain helmet styles and stuff. So Cro-Magnon jaw. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you, you need to try on a few helmets. Um, sizing is really important. So um, I guess we'll go into this deeper on another podcast, maybe when we talk about safety. But briefly, when you put on a helmet, you don't want to be able to turn it around your head it you want when you're holding the helmet and pushing against the side of the helmet when you try to turn it it needs to be slightly moving your head at the same time so it, like you, your head ends up turning with it slightly um push your cheeks up you know push your cheeks yeah up. It should push your cheeks and up it, to be exactly. honest, a new helmet should feel a bit uncomfortable it should feel a bit tight. it will do it's, you're gonna, yeah you're gonna loosen it up a bit as you wear it so yeah um, but yeah so my I helmets i always have to to... Load. yeah totally trying to load get the right size um over the years i found like i said earlier the hgc they fit my head and i i just keep on buying them now i know the small fits me sometimes i have to alter them slightly just by pushing in on the padding and i just keep pushing in over a couple of days and then it then it gets perfect um these days most helmets come with visors don't they these flip down visors so, that can be on the side or whatever yeah so this is something to be yeah you got um so we're in the UK, it's not sunny all the time. You can get the changeable, so you had one of these, and you had a dark visor. That's, yeah. so you can put a permanent tinted visor on your mark. Yeah, your technically illegal. Sure. Yeah, yeah you got to be a bit careful on the legality of this. But more importantly, yeah. you've got to be careful that when you, it, sometimes you're caught out late at night, you can't change that. Oh, it's happened many times. It's not on my helmet anymore yeah. because of that reason. I got caught too many yeah. times. You can't it's dark you know and now you're looking through tinted it's really dark so personally i don't advise them um especially when almost all the helmets now they come down with a little flick down um sunglasses within mm. the helmet you know so it's almost pointless to to put the visor on but if you are going to wear have a tinted visor um it should inevitably be aftermarket you have to pay more for one um yeah i've normally had to pay about 30 or 40 pounds more to, to get this yeah tinted visor which i think it looks fucking yeah. amazing you look like a badass in my opinion um maybe not your opinion but my opinion and that's what matters but yeah it's i've i've been on a ride with you in the last month and then we'll be coming home and it's coming seven or eight o'clock and i'm i'm starting to struggle to see so then i have to open yeah. my visor to be able to see and then suddenly we're going down a 50 60 mile stretch of road and i'm trying to ride with my visor open with no like safety glasses on underneath and it's like well that's not safe so yeah tinted visors they you have to be aware of when, when you're riding and you know you have to know that you're only going to be out in the morning or something like that yeah just a little bit limiting yeah on the uh, on the subject of visors like what is the what's the demisting thing called pinlock in a layer pinlock pinlock we which is also te technically technically illegal um yeah, but but it comes with every helmet these days and my god it's good for a while i had a pinlock capable helmet and i didn't use it because i was like what's this madness this wizardry didn't make sense to me um i guess we should step back a little bit it's to stop fogging what is pinlock? that's what it's for yeah. 
Yeah. So a, a pin lock stops uh, the fogging up of your inner lens. So when you're breathing, that's so, so, so the the difference between like the warm and the cold air, just like in your in your car or wearing anything else like safety goggles, it all mist up. Little fog, and the pin lock has a what was it? It's like a layer. It creates which makes it, it's another layer. So it's, it the, creates like a, a gap in between. between. Yeah. Yeah. An and that that air in there always stays a bit warmer because it's inside the two panels like, like double glazing works if you think about your double yeah, glazing windows insulate exactly and it stops the fog and oh, my god it works so i was shopping really, for a new really helmet recently game changer it was i was shopping for a new helmet recently um because for more off-road use um and there was a few i was looking at that didn't have pin lock and i was like there's no point there's no point i'm not gonna buy it if it hasn't got oh, pin lock ready visors like no so it's, I made sure I got one pin lock ready. It, it was revolutionary yeah. when it came along, and I absolutely it is it's a deal breaker for me. If you can't get a pin lock, and for most, some of them don't actually come with it, but you almost always most helmets you will be able to get one for. So if it doesn't say on the one you're buying, look at the pin lock website because undoubtedly they will do one. But honestly, if it doesn't have, if you can't get a pin lock, look at another helmet because it is game changing. Um, it really does make a difference. Totally agree. Other things to look at on helmets, I haven't written this down, but just thinking, um, is the fastening mechanism. Some have got a, like a, mm -hmm. a D fastener, which is, um, fiddly, but very safe. And it's this old ancient, the fabric goes through two metal rings and then you fold them around a certain way and it makes it tight. The other way is just like a clasp, like a click system, which is generally what I prefer these days. Um, I have that on all my helmets now. It's not as safe if you test it with dramatic pulling action and stuff but if my head's being yanked that far from my neck then i'm in serious trouble anyway so i'm not too worried about that i generally go with the double d uh i think the main advantage double d yes it is safer it is stronger but it does mean that you have to tighten it up to the appropriate level every time you can't yeah. just click it in and it's loose and baggy which makes your helmet useless with does, double D, yeah. you have to you have to put the correct tension on it every single time. So I, that's what I like about it. Yeah, um, I prefer the other one. You prefer that one. On helmets is um sun visors, at the top. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So again, but it comes down to what you're riding. Um, what style? Yeah. If you, yeah, if you're on a motor, uh, you know, a fully fared sports motorcycle, you don't want one of them because it catches the wind, right? And try to lift your head back really really you will notice it um, and it can be really fucking annoying i sorry carry on yeah i'll tell you a minute oh no tell me what annoys you well i bought one recently i never had one before and i bought uh what the what brand did i buy anyway i can't remember but it's got the visor because uh, because i'm doing more off-road well <laughs> when my bike works i'll be doing more off-road but um at 50 miles an hour there's a it just fucking mm. vibrates does yours vibrate at 50 miles an hour plus? Not Can you feel a vibration sure through the helmet? No. <sighs> I got a piece of shit. Then, anyway. <laughs> it's something you've got to look for. It's again, to be aware of, um, now most of them, you know, if it's if quite well vented, then you won't notice it on up to motorway speeds, you know, after motorway speeds, whatever one you've got, you're going to notice it. Um, I personally really like them because it means when you're in the UK and at the end of the day and there's low sun you know it doesn't matter that you've got um tinted visor or whatever you know when that low sun comes you can't see anything 
you can if you tip yeah. your head down and you put that visor yeah. in the way. So personally, I really, really like yeah. the visor. Um, yeah. But again, it comes down to, to what you're doing. But and yeah, what bike you're riding? Really, really important. It's yeah. helmets the biggest. Decision I mean, what a takeaway! I mean, bike. did they really have to listen to this podcast to know that help helmets are really important? I'm, get, I'm guessing you know we we're really providing the the, the deep this knowledge is, here. The deep scoop, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, I mean, the thing is, it's it's after your bike, it's your biggest expense you're going to make probably on in your gear. It's also, it's quite an artistic decision. It's a bit stylistic. This is getting you getting to show off. You know, you've seen how many motorcycles come in really, really lurid graphic colors, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And that's, you know, it's, it's quite, it's, you know, I think it's, it's probably after the bike, it's the biggest decision is your health. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. So helmets, um, we talked a bit about jackets. We talked about that with the, with the, with the ratings and stuff. Um, should we move on a bit further like say we just got a cbt and we're riding a 125 um what what should we be buying what should we be looking at now like what kind of um what would you prioritize um and what kind of products would you be buying i mean for so for cbt i mean for almost in I mean priority obviously helmet then I mean like I said my head then my hands then my feet so I can and it gets for pretty much I whatever bike think. you're riding yeah yeah I can still think I can still write and you know wipe my own bum and I can still walk to the toilet you know I, <laughs> if I lose skin or I break bones and it's you know it's not as important so for me it's always going to be in that order um then jacket and trousers um and i think yeah i think it makes a difference what size it is honestly i think that's it's always going to be the same and i think i mean i'm much more scared of the road rash of being on a bigger bike but it would still i'd still want my feet my hands and my head first yeah okay um now i'm just going to pull these numbers out of air but thin air but I am considering what I've spent money on, but mm -hmm. now when I'm spending money on gear, so if I'm going budget, I'll probably spend anywhere from about 150 pounds on a helmet. I can get a, a helmet that passes all requirements. That's fairly good for 150 quid. Um, you're talking, you know, the bottom of the range, but from a big brand like HJC or Araya, but it's going to be the bottom of their range. And then you're talking jacket. You can go anywhere from a hundred to 200 um same with the textile trousers um so we're already about we're about three to five five hundred pounds um gloves 50 pounds probably um and then boots again maybe between 50 and 100 so you're talking anywhere from like 400 to 600 pounds and you can fully kit yourself out that's going to last you a long time um, and get you started so you can spend as much money as you want but you could probably get away with spending as little as 400 pounds if not less if you're oh, yeah. shopping smartly and in you know for sales and stuff i think you can i mean don't wrong there are there's three I, my first when i got my big license i spent 40 quid on a helmet because it's the same thing everyone does <laughs> it's, it's the last thing it's all you've got you know so at the time yeah. 
I've just spent a load of money getting my license. I've just spent a load of money buying a motorcycle. I want to ride the damn motorcycle. I'm not waiting till next month for another payday. Yeah. I'm buying yeah. what I can afford right now. And for me, that was a 40 foot helmet at the time. And as long as it's um, passed the EC tests, it then it's fine. Passed. Yeah. Now, but I, I, this is a bit like the Chinese motorcycle thing. I think it would be better buying, spending the 150 quid on an entry level RI or HJC or a known recognized brand, get their entry mm -hmm. level one is better than this. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's a helmet and it has passed what it needed to pass. But yeah, I, I wouldn't wear that. You know? I wouldn't have bought that. No. No. <laughs> um, I mean, but it, but like you it, said, it got you riding. You, it got lift, you on the road. You could, you could wear it, but you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a good help, you know? And so like I say there are ways you can get on really, really cheap. Again, you probably get, if you go into the shops at the right times, or well, not even the right times, a lot of the time they've got a lot of last year's gear on sale, you know? So if mm. you can be a bit flexible on what you want, you can probably get a pair of glasses for 30 quid, you know, you can yeah. get a pair of. You know, again, boots, if you, you care where you go, you're willing to travel a little bit, you can probably get a pair for 50 quid. They'll, they'll pretty good and probably last year might cost you 120 quid. You know, so again, it's being a bit flexible in what you've got. But, um, you know, it's almost always dictated by budget. And realistically, I think 500 quid is a good starting place to budget for motorcycle get, getting on the road. Yeah. So if you if we talked thought about our previous podcast when we talked about motorcycles and we were realising for getting a one two five you need to be spending a minimum two and a half grand but around two and a half three grand you're getting a fairly decent bike so if you're adding a 500 pound budget to that you're talking anywhere between three and three and a half grand and you'll have everything yeah. you need so three grand if you're thinking minimum number three grand will do everything yeah. that'll get you a bike that'll get you your insurance maybe well, at least monthly payment first. First monthly payment done. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you'll get your gear. Um, other useful items that are often forgotten. Uh, well, we talked about thermals. The, the second one is like snood or the headscarf. Um, oh, vital. Yeah. Vital. I, I, when you, where's the headscarf? Yeah, there's a lady with a headscarf. Yeah. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as soon as you, you know, again, we don't live in Southern California. It's probably okay at 30 mile an hour, but as soon as you get out of town, like that's just, the wind just starts going straight down your neck and there's no point in anything else you're wearing because yeah. you know, you're just in, in, inhaling the cold into your chest cavity around you know, this massive gap around here. So yeah, snood, vitally important, costs nothing. It, Often yeah. if you're in a motorcycle shop buying a load of gear anyway, they might throw one in, ask about it. Like most things, well, as you've spent many years as a biker, you'll end up collecting things like these. And I know I've probably got 10 or 12 of these things just laying around. Because like you said, you get given them, you get sent in the mail when you're buying yeah. parts or whatever, um, because they are so useful. You can put them over your head like a balaclava. You can put them just around your mouth. You can just have your neck covered. You can even just wear them like a bandana. Like you can do so many things with them. Um, so useful totally recommended and you can get summer ones which are really light and you can also get heavier ones for the winter and I, i've got a few different ones for different seasons um pick some pick one of them up and waterproof over trousers you don't have to when we're talking only about features now if you've if you found a pair of trousers that suit your budget but they aren't waterproof 
Um, then don't worry about it too much at the beginning. Just get some over trousers and they can be cheap ones. You could even go sports direct and just get a pair of, you know, waterproof over trousers that you give for hiking or golf or whatever. Screw fix. Um, Yes, exactly. Ones that the workers use, you know, they're oversized already. They're expected to go over their normal work trousers. And again, they're much, much cheaper than motorcycle branded gear. What's a squid, Mozart? If you want to support the podcast, screw fix, then, you know, we'll we'll keep. (laughs) You spend a lot of money at screw fix, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Too much. Um, What's a squid? Squid. Because um, this is something we all hear. You go on Reddit or whatever, sure. and people will be fucking I'm, going I'm, on about. I'm pretty squid. sure it's more of an American term, um, and I'm sure there's loads of backronyms about what it stands for. Um, none of which I can think of off the top of my head. Um, basically, I think it probably breaks down is a squid's a bit of an idiotic fucking asshole. Now, reason I think they're are. called a squid. Sorry, let me just back up. Mm-hmm. It's because a squid is an invertebrate. Is that right? Where spines. they don't have bones, <laughs> spineless, and they don't have bones. So if you crash a motorbike, you're likely to break all your bones. So you will be like a squid, like an octopus, and you'll just be this right. like ball of flesh that actually has no mass or a bone structure inside of it. <laughs> so that's why they're a squid. Well, I've not heard that before. I bet, I bet if you put on, you know, again, Google, what does squid mean in relation to motorcycling? There'll be loads of SQUIDs probably yeah but, but essentially it's someone it, who rides like an arsehole doesn't wear any gear um you know gonna cause problems and accidents um you know sort of people who blame split way too fast in a pair of sandals you know um they're an accident waiting to happen it's a cliche statistics in our insurance. and it does affect everybody and it's it's become a, a bit of a like a meme and a, a name that um, veteran bike riders will throw around at the new, like the new riders, because they don't think they needed gear. But it's being said for a reason. There's so many bikers who've known other bikers who have come off their bike wearing just shorts and t-shirt and have just got terrible road rash or brain damage or whatever because they weren't wearing a helmet. Um, so you will hear these things being thrown around, especially if you look on Reddit or, or Facebook or Instagram, whatever. Um, but the other ones you'll see is what um, AT. At GAT, which is all the gear all the time, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you know, even I'll go to the shop just wearing jeans every now and then. But, um, yeah, really old gear all the time. Dress for the slide, not the, for the ride. I, I don't often hear that one, but I saw you write that one down. Um, oh, yeah, it's just, you know, these are just motorcycling cliches. Um, so, yeah, all the gear all the time. That's almost the opposite of a squid. You know, that's, that's the old guy in his, you know, he's got the high-vis that says polite, but looks like police. Oh, God, I hate those. If you wear one of yeah, those, sorry, yeah, you're so a wanker. You're a wanker. Yeah, yeah, you are. Um, and don't worry, you know, squids are fucking dicks, and I hope they'll die. But the, but, the, yeah. the, the polite police notice, I mean, I'm, I don't I, want you to I'm die. embarrassed for I them. Mean, I'm embarrassed. You probably stop riding, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, all the gear all the time. It's, they're right. Right, it's right. And for me, all the gear all the time means a helmet, appropriate footwear, gloves, jacket, and some trousers. You yeah, know, that's yeah, that's what's you know realistically. And you know, in going down the shops, well, most accidents happen within a couple of minutes of the house, don't they? You know, then that's you're still going to lose a lot of skin, and that's what dress for the slide, not for the ride. You know, True. if you are 
you're only riding to the shop, but dress as if you're going to Limon for 24 hours, you know, because yeah. it's not necessarily what you do. It's that other fucking dickhead who takes you out and rides you along under their bumper for 30 meters, you know, um, which is, leads you on to meat crayon because this is a road rash, right? And I don't think road rash covers what this does to you. Road rash no. makes it sound much, much nicer than it is, right? Meat crayon, crayon paints a picture, doesn't about. it? Yeah. Right? It really does. That's what happens when you come off a bike, right? You, like, there, what was the movie that did it? Oh, they had a great, Oh, it's horrific. I can't remember. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it, see if I can remember before the end of the night. Go and watch that movie. But the, honestly, you, you know, if you imagine what it's like, you know, from, like I said earlier, 30 miles an hour on bare skin down to zero, right? You're going to be, you've got all your meat and your flesh is going to disappear and it's going to be in a long watermark all the way down the road and you're going to be grinding bones. If bones sparked, you'd be sparking, right? So meat crayon, not road meat crayon. Meat crayon. Okay, I want to make a point. We're at 53 minutes. Now I don't want us to be branding on for the next 20 minutes. So yeah, okay, yeah. we can save some of these subjects for another time. Um, but we briefly just go on um, used market. There's always the used market. Don't buy helmets on the used market. You don't know how they've been treated or what's happened to them. But yeah, buy a jacket, buy boots, buy trousers, buy those things. If they're in good condition, visibly, then that's what matters with those kind of items. So you can save a lot of money like that. I haven't bought any, but I've sold a lot of jackets and, and motorcycle parts and clothing um, used. And, you know, I don't see any problem with that. Um, textiles versus leathers. Um, just on the yeah, helmets, I just want to reiterate, never, never buy a used helmet because you really don't know. Like Anyone could have dropped it. It could have been brought yesterday, dropped this morning, sold to you this yeah. afternoon. Do not buy a used helmet. Um, but the rest of it, yeah, it's obvious. You can see if it's been scuffed or broken or slid in. So, yeah, it's fine buying the other stuff. Um, textile versus leathers. This is quite interesting because leathers are for slides. All right, so a leather will slide. A textile doesn't slide as well. This textile is more likely to bite and roll. But a textile is much better for weather. So leather, you're always going to be cold and you're always going to be wet. But textiles, yeah. you can be warm and dry but you're less likely to, I mean, honestly, these days, most of them slide very well, just not as good as leather, which is why you always okay. see track days and races are always 100% leather race suits. Whereas, you know, the adventure crowd, you can afford, when you're out and doing other things, you can afford to be in a, you know, a textile jacket. Yeah. And then the other thing we had written down was airbag jackets. When you're new to riding, uh, inevitably people are going to tell you how dangerous it is um and one of the things that someone might bring up or you might find yourself is the fact that you can get airbag jackets and trousers these days i think um and it is worth considering if you have the budget it might put you at ease it might put your family members at ease um and from what i understand they are pretty good um they do come from the the, the racing um area the, the technology is derived from racing and you know they, they'll blow up around your neck and around your back and around your rib cage and around your hips if required on, on trousers and they can be effective but they are expensive but if you have the budget for it why not um just don't get yeah. the high-vis one that says polite because you will look like a dick <laughs> yeah i think only horse yeah, riders uh, can wear those polite jackets I, I don't mind a horse rider wearing no. it 
No, oh, well, I suppose horse riders are dickheads already. So yeah, fair game. I'll tell Terry, my wife, that. All right. Um, <laughs> so Mozart says hi, you anchor. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can talk about some of these uh, another day. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're that getting is, on. That it's... is most of most of the gear stuff. That, you know, the, especially, I mean, that's more than enough to be getting on with as a beginner. You know, again, if you've got any questions, queries, you can you can contact us. Um, one thing I did want to ask Colin, so you know, we were talking about you spikes, um, last year, uh, last episode, um, and you, you know, there's still budget bikes out there available for a brand. And I said, even two grand, I think was trouble sort of this time. I just wanted to know, you know, how, have you got anything you could tell us? Have you revised your opinions on that in any way, shape or form in recent weeks? Uh, yes and no. Um, I definitely revised my um, my idea on, on on low budget bikes, but it won't stop me buying shit bikes again. Even though I I do need help. Um, but yeah, so the the DRZ four hundred that I bought was two thousand pounds, and it probably was the cheapest one in the country at the time, which is never really a good idea and a good reason to buy um, a bike just because it's the cheapest one you can find. It's caused no end of problems. Currently, I am I'm awaiting some clutch plates um because i rebuilt the carb the other day the carb was fine but then the engine kept on cutting out on me it wouldn't change gear even though i had the right oil in it um pulled apart the clutch and uh yeah some of the clutch plates are warped so i'm waiting some clutch plates but this bike that cost two thousand pounds is basically just being stripped and rebuilt like step by step i nearly gave up on it so you can spend little amounts of money but you are going to have to be putting some time and effort into it because, yeah, spending £2,000 on a bike, you're not going to get much. Time, money, effort, and more money. Yeah, so you've got to add to your budget, you know, because you're I, spending more money. Yeah. And you're not getting to ride that bike to begin with, you know. So I've probably spent another three, £400 yeah. on top of this so far. You know, really, if I'd spent £3,000, I could have got a much better bike because I see them all the time for DLCs. Anywhere from three to four thousand is where you're looking. Yeah. Two thousand. I mean, it's not a problem. It's, it's, it's not, not a problem, problem if you, you can have the time. Eyes wide open. Yeah. If you know yeah. that you're going to spend more money, and you've got the time and the skills to rent shit, and you don't even need the skills, you just need to be able to get to YouTube. But if you've got the time and the tools and the money, then yeah, fair game. But you know, most of us, it's honestly, it's probably it's false economy. Spend another thousand pounds, and you can ride it this weekend. But will it stop me buying another shit bike? Hell no. No. Because <laughs> yeah. the next time I want to buy a bike, you know what I'll do? I'll find the cheapest one I can find and then I'll buy it and I'll get angry at it. I'll be really annoyed at myself. But then eventually I'll fix it and I'll get to ride it. So, you know. Actually, we've only talked about the DRZ. Maybe next time we'll talk about the, the bike you bought the last time you bought a bike. And how that yeah, went. Versus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you seem to spend anyway. a bit more money on your bikes, then they don't have the same problems, do they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this All is right, a, a beginner's guide to uh, motorcycle gear. Thank you for yeah. listening today. Um, I've yeah. been Simon. I've been Colin. Um, you can email us at um, hello at uh, kmpod.com co.co sorry um if you want to do if you do want to get in touch we'd love to hear from anybody who's listening so if you are a listener and you've got to this point please email us in fact we're going to put this email at the beginning and in our intro yeah. um because who the fuck's going to get to 59 minutes 
and then hear the email address. I'll tell you what, you can even email us and tell us to stop doing this if you think it's shit. Yeah. Let's yeah, yeah, we'll carry on though. <laughs> we'll ignore them. Yeah, yeah, we'll um, stop us, but it's just nice to know, you know, you're throwing your voice out there into the void. All right. Well, we'll be back in two weeks. I don't know what we're talking about, but something still to do with about the beginner series. Do you remember what we're talking about? We've done gear, we've done not, bikes. Not got a clue. Uh, no. Can I bring it up in front of me very quickly? No, I can't. All right. Well, we'll be back in two weeks with another podcast about motorcycles and then we'll talk drivel for an hour. All right. Yeah, I've been Colin. I'm Simon. Be safe. And we'll see you soon. Ta-ra.